Jean-Luc Jordy Specs, mysteries on the holodecks, asteroids, triple droids, telepathic betazoids, transporter, deadly claw, visitor from L.A. law, photons, no Kirk, captain has gone berserk, shuttlecraft, console Troy, Dr. Crusher's little boy, Klingon rights, parasites, new heights, phaser fights, Data's head, Tasha's dead, Wyke is hanging by a thread, celebration, transformations, everyone to battle stations. Hi, I'm Jason. And I'm Paul. And this is the Hi-Fi Sci-Fi Podcast. And uh, normally, this is where we start talking about the episode. Um, yeah, I, I wanted to say what episode it was, and there isn't one, so <laughs> I think you kind of just broke me there. So I did, I did. But uh, we are we're currently ramping up for uh, season two. As of the time that we are recording this, we have got three episodes recorded. So we are gonna start making those uh, making their way to the internet here pretty soon. Um, but before we actually get into those episodes, we thought we'd take a minute and look back. On what it is that we did, Paul, because um, yeah, yeah, I'll be honest. When I normally watch TNG, I I don't get around to season one as much as I do season three onward. But but now that we've done this, you know, how do you feel about it? Like gut reaction. We spent this much time with season one. What do you think? Um, gut reaction. I think it's um, there. It's it's maybe more at the the poles of the scale right the the worst stuff is kind of worse than i remember and um the better stuff is probably better than i remember um there are some good things here and there are some episodes that are pretty decent um when they get it right they get it right when they get it wrong they um really pretty frequently get it wrong yeah and those wrongs are sometimes disastrous right yeah what what surprised me the most is areas where um we disagreed in in the disaster areas. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I think looking back on it, one of my one of my two well, two of my favorite episodes to record because they're both right on this level uh, would be too short a season mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and conspiracy. Yep, I I, I really love those. Because um. <laughs> both of those episodes, I mean, our guests came in and were like, "This episode's not too bad." Yeah, yeah, I think they were both kind of blindsided. Um, <laughs> By you, yes, um, you monster. Because <laughs> I still stand by the fact that too short a season is um, kind of fun, mm. uh, and certainly that conspiracy is fun. Yeah, um, kind of. And yeah. and I I do think that where I settled at the end, um, you both made really good cases. That while I enjoy conspiracy, and and other Jason loves conspiracy, and I, I enjoy conspiracy for all the same reasons he does. Um, those aren't Star Trek reasons, right? And once we started to dig into it, it it's really, um, if you watch South Park, right? They, um, or if you read in interviews with the, uh, the creators of South Park, uh, Matt and Trey, the, um, they talk about the episode with the crab people in it as one where um, they use this as a metaphor that they got to Act 3 and then they had nothing, so they just put in crab people. And they use it as a metaphor for when you get to Act 3 and you have nothing left and you just put in crab people. And I think that's kind of what happened to, to Symbiosis. Or, no, it's Conspiracy. Yep. Uh, is You get to the end and they had been setting up something completely different and then they were like, oh, we don't have anything? Just uh, how about that parasite from Aliens? No, I think I think you're right. And I think, um, you know, for me, I guess my gut reaction was we wound up with more episodes that we ultimately recommended than I thought we would. Yeah, so I just ran the count, and if you treat the um, pilot as one episode, which is what we've been doing, there's 25 episodes in the first season, we recommended 13 and said skip 12. Yeah, the only reason why I'll, I'll forever like mention the pilot episode is because it's the longest payoff in the universe, but it does pay off. It's a long con. We're sitting yeah. on, we're yep. playing a long game here. Yep. Uh, you got to get all the way to the end of the series to to get that payoff. But I will agree with you that it's worth it. Yes, there's a solid series finale. Yeah. Um, that will tie directly back to the pilot, but not necessarily the stuff on the planet with the guy. So you could totally fast forward through those parts. <laughs> That's a fair. Counselor, point, yeah. what was his name? Like Zorn or something? Uh, Groppler Zorn. Zorn, yeah. 
And I don't even know what a groppler is, but uh, it uh, doesn't sound like a good job. That's for sure. I'm going to remember him as Grappler Zorn. <laughs> Grappler Zorn, yeah. Uh, <laughs> grapples. Grapples a lot. <laughs> and, um, you know, looking ahead to season two, the, the things that I'm most excited for um, are um, characters feeling a little bit more like we know and, and love them for. Um, we'll, have a, we'll actually have a couple of episodes that we've recorded where we go into that in more, more detail and more depth. Um, the appearance of Whoopi Goldberg as Guinan. Um, we yeah, haven't talked yeah. about this on a, on an episode that that we've covered, so we can we can mention it here. Um, I really like the Whoopi Goldberg like connection to this show because I don't know if you're aware of this, Paul, but like she actually approached the production team and the writing team and requested that she be able to be a part of the production somehow. Um, I I just assumed she was always hanging out in Ten Forward. And they just hadn't really discovered it yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then yeah. they kept opening doors, um, you know, old set reused from something, maybe like, you know, let's say um, Morgan Mindy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's where it came from. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> and, gonna, uh, Paul's going to make a Morgan Mindy reference, you know, for the kids. This is real, <laughs> real, uh, real current, yeah. real contemporary. <laughs> oh, let me tell you, I, boy, I've made fresher references than that recently and had could not pick up on it so <laughs> as someone who's uh you know working with uh with the youth of america in academia yep. i'm, I'm yep. sure you get a lesson in that all the time <laughs> but i i just like um i I've, I've always liked whoopi goldberg's connection to the show and, and because she grew up watching star trek the original series and and largely credits her decision to pursue a career in show business and and open up her mind and her horizons to the idea that you know in the 60s Seeing a, an African-American person uh, as a colleague and an equal um, on a crew in the future on a starship, um, you know, just led her down the path to say this, you know, I can do anything. And I think I think that's the power of, of Star Trek. And I think what's cool about that is that's like that's the power of Star Trek, literally like and seeing it in the next generation. Right. Like literally and figuratively, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and she her character is amazing in season two. Yeah. So yeah. That's something to look forward to. Unfortunately, exactly. she's not in season one. Not at all. Um, no. But we're done with that. So that's uh, that's why we're kind of taking a pivot here. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The... Well, I mean, part of pivoting is looking back at that place you just pivoted from, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so. I, I don't have too much else to talk about as far as like the actual episodes or, or the recap in season one. I mean... Well, well so what was, your, uh, what was your favorite episode of the second half? the second half so we the last recap episode we did we're talking from one one zero zero one zero zero one to the neutral zone right yep um i would have to say man that's a tough call oh, how about um, how about your worst because the way you set that uh set that episode up i'm betting it might have been conspiracy it's conspiracy it's <laughs> uh it's absolutely conspiracy with a close second uh going to too short a season um Boy, I'm having trouble. I'm my least favorite was when the brow breaks. Also, a bad episode. Yeah, yeah, I think that was that was the worst for me. Yeah, and, and if we brought Aaron back uh, to talk about it, I'm sure he would remind us how much he doesn't like us for making him watch <laughs> that episode. I mean, people had guess had choices, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not That's gonna I'm not gonna sit here and take responsibility for their bad choices. Yeah, yeah, it is true. It's true. Um, my favorite would have to be, um, oh, boy, I'm having trouble here too. I uh, would think I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be bold and I'm gonna say Skin of Evil. Um, you know what? I'm gonna say Coming of Age. Actually, good choice. Good choice. Which That's... was which was one of those where um, so we did these rankings before uh, before we started the season, and you had said Skip and I had said Watch, and then we uh, Andrew agreed this was a Watch and kind of converted you over to the side of it. Right? It's a better episode than you remember it to yep. be. Yep, and I had a couple of those. All to be honest with you, I remember um, "Heart of Glory." I had originally said uh, "Skip." I think. Um, yep, I, I actually said "Watch," and we. Gl- uh, I'm glad I got talked out of that one. That's a fun one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That Klingon um, poetry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh no, a tree Klingon poetry. Yeah, and and I I think I think with "Skin of Evil," I think the reason I had the most fun with it is because. You know, not necessarily because of the material, but because of the conversation we had about it and uh, the genesis of Tardude. Um, yeah, Tardude. You know, I think uh, I will forever think of Armis as, uh, you know, not the, the menacing creature that 
kills Tasha Yar, I'll just think of him as Tar Dude. You know, he'd great. be a decent mascot for like a tire company. <laughs> the Michelin Man um, versus Tar Yeah, kind of like a Michelin. I mean, there's, <laughs> I mean, Bell Tire around here. There's a tire guy that is, but you could really put Tar Dude in there if he just had a little more personality. Yeah. He'd sell you a tire. Yeah, I think so. I think, um, you know, it'd be a great costume to put somebody in when it's uh, 100 degrees outside. With, yeah, uh, definitely. Humidity, <laughs> I'm sure. That'd be great. <laughs> That'd be just fine. Um, and I, I, I also, you know, looking at at this list, there were there were a couple of disagreements that we had, but actually we were pretty close. I had more skips than uh, than you did, I think. Paul. Yeah, yeah. I and I said skip on a few, right? I had said uh, the Arsenal. Wait. Oh yeah, I had said skip the Arsenal Freedom. You had said watch, and we decided that that was a horrible episode. So yeah. I guess it was still on the right. Yeah, I actually. Yeah, so I was pretty right in the second half. I had some ones that didn't line up in the first half, but mm-hmm. are there any? Uh, so, so your favorite one here, uh, Skin of Evil? Does it trump uh, your favorite from the first half of the season? I don't think so, and I'm I'm actually because I think the first half of this, I think the first half of season one is just a little bit stronger uh, than the latter half um, because you have some episodes like the battle, you have uh, the big yeah. goodbye. Um, You've got where no one has gone before. And I, um, I'm trying to remember what I said was my favorite last time. And I think it was where no one has gone before. But mm-hmm. now I'm not even sure. So Pretty I know sure my, mine was the battle. I um, know my least favorite was Haven. And season-wide, that is still true. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, I would agree with, with that, too. I mean, there's... And, and so, yeah, I mean, we've... we've you know, go back and listen to some of the episodes that, um, you know, we said skip because you can still get a pretty good synopsis of what's going on um, and and hear our discussion about it. But but I think, yeah, I think you're right, Paul. I think basically when you said some of the worst was worse than you remember, but some of the best was better than you remember, I think that's, you know, everything's yeah. in high definition uh, when you go back to season one. The, the highest highs, the lowest lows. So... Um... I don't. Know, I feel like I need like a telegraph noise, like a because um, we're talking about characters, and I think we should have a uh, O'Brien update. <laughs> he was in other than the pilot. Where was he? He wasn't. Season one? There was no O'Brien here. He's hidden the whole season. Yeah, it's 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 they they toss him in right away. They talk about him. He's in there. He comes to court with Q, mm-hmm. and then he just hides out. He's just hiding out somewhere on the ship. Mm-hmm. Don't see him the rest of the season. So, unless we... I'm mistaken, oh boy, I feel like I'm mistaken, and he was there once in the first half, but I, I don't think he was in the second half. But keep watching because if you're uh, if you're a fan of O'Brien, he's about he's about to make a comeback. Yeah, he's, uh, yeah, he's right around the corner as well. So, um, I also want to take a minute because we we did throw out the um the big push to social media to see uh, what, what people had for us for questions. And we got, uh, we got a pretty good response. We got quite a few different questions rolling in um, from different folks across the internet. Yeah, yeah, um, so I'll just kind of hit some of these here real quick. Okay, um, just kind of trade off on them, just grab one and toss it up. And yeah, our, our good friend uh, Andrew at podcast pals um, sent us uh, quite a few of them. So we'll just kind of go down the list here. Uh, first, you can also uh, search pod you can go to podcastpals.net uh where he's reviewing different podcasts actually and he's given our podcast a review uh also has a twitter account if you look for podcast pals um he starts with to what extent do you think patrick stewart is responsible for the success of the next generation um yeah this this one's interesting so yeah. he's hit or miss here right i'm not yeah. sure that at the beginning he really knew what to do um and by the end of it he's he's coming around um, and maybe some of that is is intentional growth in the character, right? He he comes around to being okay with kids, um, and and Wes, and gets a rapport there. Um, but he's not doing anything crazy this first season. Yeah, he's kind of just towing the line, um, and then making sure everything works most of the time. Yeah, and Patrick Stewart um, is on record as saying he lived for the first six weeks out of a suitcase. He literally didn't unpack because he relocated from from Britain to uh, to Hollywood to uh, to shoot this show. And he was basically, you know, thinking that he was going to get the arm around the shoulder treatment, which is, you know, hey, Patrick, I need to talk to you. You know, we like what you've done, but we're going to have to part ways. I mean, he he kind of thought he was going to be 
on his way out. Yeah. Um, and I and think that might be why he's stronger in that second half of the season. Well, uh, he, yeah. he does feel stronger there. Yeah. Maybe he, he realized this is something that is actually going to work. Yeah. And I think, um, he gets more comfortable with what he's doing. The writers get more comfortable with him and he's, um, you know, I think, so to answer that question, eventually, I think he's a huge part of it in season mm-hmm. one. I don't think that's really evident, um, is, yep. is how I would answer that. Um, but I think, I think long term, you know, the whole cast is incredibly strong. Uh, it's a really good ensemble, but I think Patrick Stewart kind of pulling them together, um, is a really great recipe for success eventually, just not here. Mm-hmm. Um, so next up he says, uh, did it deserve a second season? <laughs> this is a hard one day. This is a tough one. <laughs> Although at the same time, so we just said that it's basically batting 500%, right? By our mm-hmm. count. That's. Yep decent i don't I don't know i mean there's certainly other series that i've watched where the first season is is stellar um but there's also first seasons i've watched that don't really land that well mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. boy it's would... really hard to to get away from the fact that we know what the second season is like yeah yeah i would say this that had this show been any other show at the time it would have never been renewed. It would have never been picked up. Yeah, maybe that's fair. Had it uh, had it not had the Star Trek gravitas behind it, and literally a fan base that was already trained to do this because they already had done it once. Um, the original Star yeah. Trek was was supposed to go off the air after the second season. The only reason it ever received a third was because um, the CBS studios uh, received more letters about a single show than they had ever received up to that point uh, when fans organized a letter-writing campaign to to literally keep it on the air. Yeah. Uh, and, the, f- and, the fan base was equally vocal for, for TNG. Well, and it's interesting because there's it's it seems like it's very easy to get ushered off of TV these days because there's just so much content. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's mm-hmm. always something in the wings that's just ready to replace anything. Yeah. So you stumble once or twice and, sorry, like, get back to the end of the line. But Firefly. The 80s, you know, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah good example. Um, yeah, the 80s I, was a different time, right? Well, it was also a syndicated program, which which had different rules, true. you know. True, true, true. So that's, uh, I think, all those factors kind of worked well, for it. And and this is something that that came up. We we mentioned um, a few episodes, or yeah, we mentioned it in the the preview for this. I think that we went on um, uh, Patrick and Jacob's show to talk about. Um, the new Star Trek movie. And one of the questions was, you know, is it better as a show or is it better as movies? And and one of the things we came away with was that um, the point I think I was making is that a, a series lets you just take swings at the fences, right? And, and just put in a lot of swings. And if you miss one or two, it's not as bad as missing a movie, right? You screw up a movie and you've just lost years of production. Mm-hmm. You screw up an episode you might get some bad reviews for a bit and you screw up a bunch of times, you might get canceled, but you could miss one or two here and there and still walk away from it, right? Batting 500 would uh, land you a, would land you a good spot in the uh, MLB. So yeah, it's, it's a complex answer to, to that question. Cause it's a, it's a deep question. It's a good question. But I think, I think if, uh, if Star Trek, the next generation had debuted in the shape that it's in, in today's environment, not a chance. Um, well, they also might have gotten feedback faster. Mm-hmm. There's also that yeah. idea of feedback loops and um, what could you do if you watched uh, an episode and hated it? Like you could maybe write a letter to the studio and they might get it in quite a while. But Unless it was a Netflix show, in which case they would have released all of season one as is. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and they would have had no feedback whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, but um, they also, yeah, I, I, I would like to think that there's more focus test group testing and all sorts of stuff like that these days but i don't True. know maybe True. that helps maybe that doesn't yeah so next question he's got here is uh which cast member would you most like to come on the show i'm gonna say uh, patrick stewart right now um, i knew you were gonna say that so i in my head just immediately <laughs> took that one out i figured you'd cover it didn't have to worry about it i'm saying will wheaton jordy laforge lavar burton oh lavar so, burton lavar oh. burton and will wheaton oh. definitely hands down yeah yeah Although I, I've actually, in interviews, I have seen Jonathan Frakes um, 
Commander well, Riker, and and he's he's a he's a funny guy. Like he's actually he's a really fun dude. Like I think he, he would, would be amazing. But what I would want him to do is the Riker maneuver, and he can't it's not like he's going to come podcast. here, right? <laughs> that doesn't play to, to radio, man. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good I, point. yeah. I would just be like, hey, Jonathan Brace, could you did you stand up? Okay, could you like take take a step backwards? All right, how did you do that? Okay, describe that. Okay, good. Okay, sit back down. How did you do that? Describe that. Okay, good. And then it would just be like an hour of that. So, I think what would have to happen is if video any video podcast would be what we would need to do. If any cast member came on our our show, um, Paul, you would have to ask all of the questions because my <laughs> contributions to the show would be like that Chris Farley sketch where Chris Farley interviews <laughs> like celebrities. It would be like him and Paul McCartney. He's like you, yeah. you, you remember? So, do you remember that that episode where? Flew the ship around. Yeah, that was awesome. You know, that's that's already. Jordy, do you do you remember (laughs) that time you were like in the captain's chair and you separated you separated the saucer section? (laughs) That was incredible. (laughs) It was really cool. Yeah, that would just that would be no. I think I think uh, definitely I I would say those would be my top two. But any of them, like yep, yep. Like we give Troy a ton of credit, but Martina Sirius, like that would be fun. Like, yeah, I yeah. mean, these are this is called swinging for the fences as well. If if anybody has any connections to these people and <laughs> want to get them on our podcast, we recognize that as a long shot. Yeah, Marina Sirtis I've seen is uh, is a pretty good interview as well. Yeah, I mean, literally. Uh, oh my God, Whoopi Goldberg, right? Like we just talked. Yeah. About. Like, well, I cool mean, that come, well, I mean, that that's fair. I'm thinking just season one, but sure. Yeah. 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 Yeah, um, John Delancey. I, Holy crap. That was what I was just going to say. <laughs> How um, awesome would that be? Gates McFadden. Uh, we're just going to name all the cast, right? Yeah. Is there anybody we wouldn't want to have on? No, not at all. And uh, so I what... do have one, and that is Doctor Pulaski. Oh, Diana Moldauer. See, I would interview her. I, no, I, would... I still would too. I I would too. <laughs> because honestly, I don't think it was a problem. It, the same thing we keep saying about Troy. I don't think it was a problem with the actress. I think it was a problem with the writing. They wrote a bad character. And when you just draw that, you get dealt that hand. I don't know what you do about it. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Like sometimes you just have uh, have to play a jerk and you mm-hmm. get associated with that. So, mm-hmm. And finally, uh, Andrew asks, I haven't heard your thoughts on Star Trek Beyond yet, but lens flare, yay or nay? Well, first well, off. Well, yeah. Why haven't he heard our thoughts? Why hasn't he listened to the podcast that we've spent? A bunch of time talking to two other people about exactly <laughs> plug plug filmcast without a cause. Uh, if you type that into Google, I am doing that right now. It takes you oh, right to work. their website. Okay, good. <laughs> um, and you can click on that. It is uh, it is not the most recent episode. They have now recorded a new one, but it is uh, the Fwok one forty one. Uh, so it's the one they post so on July. You got to go 6th. on their website and post a bunch of comments on that episode and be like, "Hey, those guys were great. You should have them on all the time." Like, <laughs> exactly. Just just yep. troll their website. So yep. But we did. Uh, we had a, a really good discussion with our our good friends uh, Pat and Jacob. And um, yeah, it, it was it was good. We liked it. Uh, we went really in depth. So I would encourage you to uh, to listen to that to answer your direct question: lens flare, yay or nay? There's actually a very, very, you know, minimal presence of lens flare. I, I mean, I think since J.J. Abrams is not directing this one, um, there's there's just very little lens flare. It was very yeah, so refreshing. Yeah, for this one, I actually, um, since I, I'm a lot of photography background, I just got some star filters and held them in front of my eyes while I was watching it to increase the lens flare because <laughs> I missed it a little bit. Halfway through, you're just sneaking that just out. Taped them right to the 3D glasses. So. Yep, yep. That's uh, um, you're 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 an engineer there, Paul. That's uh, that's, yep. that's that's a quite a feat. Uh, so so we have another set of questions from an unnamed. They didn't name it. I I wonder if we could figure out who this is by the end. Anonymous um, of his of his questions. Okay. Uh, so he asked is, uh, if this would have continued past the first season as well if it was debuting. So we so we already covered that. Uh, but he had a sort of follow up. Um, but what if the show was like on the CW? So everybody was 24 and really attractive, right? <laughs> okay. It's the same episode, same plot. Now it's just a CW show, right? Does that work? Uh, I don't know. Okay, you're you're hesitant. Vampires, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
Okay, maybe. I mean, are they sexy okay, vampires? There. I don't well, know. Well, yeah, they're 24 years old and very attractive. Okay, got it. Everybody yeah. is, including the vampires. Well, but the most important thing is, are the vampires sexy? Right. Okay, if they are, I'm on board. Okay, all right. Also, some crossover episodes with the cavalcade of DC shows on the CW. I don't watch the CW. Oh, <laughs> this man. This is the problem. <laughs> oh, and this is probably the road we would have gone down. Actually, it's funny that this, uh, this was brought up here because um, a lot of people actually say that that is... Uh, some of the things that Star Trek Enterprise had to deal with were the yeah. fact that it was on UPN, right? Um, and they definitely had that 24-year-old very attractive vibe, right? Mm-hmm. And there is a story. I don't know if this is verifiable or not, but there is a story where uh, some folks that were uh, producing Star Trek Got Enterprise... Got attacked by vampires. No. Uh, were but, vampires. No. Uh, um, but they were asked by studio execs if there was any way that... Vampires. No. But they were <laughs> asked if they could include a different band every week. You know, kind of like Smallville oh. or kind of like... Uh, and, and huh. yeah, they those were some of the notes that they were getting from the and network. And the band that they decided on was Vampire Weekend? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Does he have another question, Ball? <laughs> he, he does. Um <laughs> Uh, kind of in the same this vein, um, and this is an interesting one. This trend of um, shorter and more, more focused seasons nowadays, right? This, these had twenty six episode seasons. That's long by today's standards. Yeah. Um, do you think this applies to a lot of places? Right? Is this ideal for other older TV shows to to sort of trim out the fat, picking the best eight to ten, in our case thirteen episodes, and and just saying don't watch the rest, right? Mm-hmm. Do, or do you think that there's other shows that really benefit from the full 26 episodes and um, and this one just kind of had some filler or things that, yeah. again, where they were swinging and missing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Boy, I don't know. Uh, that's a really good question. It is. I like this um, question. That's that's fantastic because I haven't really thought about it in terms like that before um, because it's absolutely right that – the whole idea behind 26 episodes is you're filling out half of a calendar year, essentially, um, so you can have an on-season and an off-season. So, you know, the realities of programming television week to week sort of dictated this. And now in the Netflix era, you know, you uh, the, the show uh, Stranger Things that just came out is a perfect example of this. It's eight very focused, very, you know, on point, you know, episodes. Uh, and they're all really strong. I mean, there's none of them that you would throw out. Um, I yeah, think, yeah. I think a lot of shows, a lot of shows could benefit from this approach. I would absolutely agree that I think, um, the, there's a lot of genre shows, um, until you get to things like Star Trek Deep Space Nine, and then I would really kind of struggle to throw them out. I, there's still a little, but yeah. yeah. And, and yeah, there's still a little there. So I, I would say, yeah, I, I mean, I think a lot of, a lot of shows that fit this model of, uh, you know, one hour a week for 26 weeks. And and maybe the Netflix stuff that you just brought up is a really good um, counter to this, right? That that you sort of feel, it's the same with, you know, you have an assignment, you have a deadline or something. Um, assignments, projects, things that have deadlines generally take the space that they have to take, right? If you have three days, you spend three days on it. If you have a day, you spend a day on it. If you have two weeks, you drag it out over two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um and if you have 26 episodes, you fill that out. And some of them might not be great, but you have a script that is passable and you push it right on through. Um, and if it's a Netflix show where your episodes don't have to be an hour, they don't have to fit a specific timing, um, you could have nine episodes and nobody's going to complain. Uh, if they all fit together really well, then maybe you don't, maybe you pass on some of those scripts that really just should have been passed on, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. That's one of those things that once you start to break things with things like Netflix and Amazon and Hulu and all of that, um, maybe this model allows some stuff through that shouldn't be. Yeah, and and I think I think going back and watching is uh, definitely stronger. To is, I think it's definitely a better idea to to trim the fat a little bit. Absolutely. So the next question from this uh, this mysterious question asker, uh, <laughs> not really a question. I critique him a little bit on that. Uh, okay. Conspiracy is the best season one TNG episode, and you know it. Oh, for crying out loud. <laughs> oh, for crying out loud. And his final question, again, not really a um, question. That other Jason you guys had on the podcast sounded very awesome and handsome and like a great all-around dude who almost certainly has a terrific beard like <laughs> Zeus. 
<laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Um, thanks. He for does your... have a good beard. You know, that's that's right. He does. Yes. Thanks for your input, mystery question asker. Um... <laughs> yes. Thanks, other Jason. <laughs> have you been growing your Riker beard for season two? That's a good question. I have, as a matter of fact. Ah. Um, I suppose I should take a photo and uh, in, a, in a before. And I actually after. had a Riker beard for season one. Yeah. So I shaved it. And does that mean forever you will be? Like Bizarro Riker, and I'll be actual Riker. I mean, Evil Picard, we could try that too, but maybe, <laughs> maybe that's how this works. Maybe, bum, maybe this only bum, works if we're bum. one of us has a beard and one doesn't. <laughs> Sounds good. We can never both have a beard at the same time. Agreed. <laughs> uh, finally, here uh, a friend of ours, uh, Mark, listener of the show, uh, wrote in with a, a handful of questions as well. Uh, hi, I've been listening along to uh, the podcast. Have a few questions here for you. Number one, what was your favorite episode of season one so far? Least favorite? We actually already covered that, so that's good. Um, what was your favorite character moment from the season? For example, Data trying to tell a joke or Worf Ooh. howling at the Klingon funeral. Um, how do you think that moment works in the character's development over the coming seasons? And then least favorite character moment. That's a good question. Um, that is a good question. My favorite oh, character moment. I, um, I, I Off the top, I want to say that it, I can't come up with a specific one. And maybe because it's a general idea that, that they, there's no big one of these but they give you a little bit here and there throughout the season is um, data Geordi interactions mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, because those are done really, really well. Um, and I just realized Brent Spiner is someone we didn't say that we would have on our, as we listed every other character. Oh yeah. Wow. <laughs> but yeah. I'd love to have Brent, Brent Spiner, Spiner on. Brent Spiner, please. Um, <laughs> sorry. Sorry. We forgot you. Uh, um, and Michael Dorn. Case wow. McFadden. We're sorry. We could just Sorry, go down the cast just, list, but yeah. We'll anyway, um, yeah, I think probably one of those, or, or actually maybe something with Wes as well. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Wes had some good moments. I think for me, um, the the one that I remember seeing and liking and recognizing as this is this is where we're we're headed. We have some good stuff coming. Is um, the, the Picard in the episode "The Battle." where he shows not being a perfect person, um, where he shows some vulnerability, where he shows some doubt, um, where he kind of, you know, downplays some of his, his successes. What, what comes through that to me is I, I think Captain Picard comes off as too much Horatio Hornblower um, in, in the first uh, season, which if you don't know, that's literally the only character note that, that Patrick Stewart was ever given. Uh, on Captain Jean-Luc Picard from Gene Roddenberry. Uh, Gene apparently handed him a copy of, you know, s uh, some Horatio Hornblower novel and uh, <laughs> said, you know, hey, all you need to, about to know about the character is in here. Um, and that's what Patrick Stewart had to work on. Uh, I think I think what comes through in, in a lot of moments of the battle is um, Picard really struggling with... Um, self-doubt and really being humanized and i think the best thing that they ever did with with captain picard and, and patrick stewart was to make the man more human to make him more mm -hmm, accessible mm -hmm. because some of the best moments um that he has in the series are those moments and i feel like for me the battle in season one was was the sneak preview of that yeah. and we won't yeah. see anything quite that good until we get to the end of um the borg incident uh at the end of season three beginning of season four and we yeah. we really see some vulnerability out of it. Um, yep. But I think I think this was a sneak preview. I thought it was. And nice. then the episode about his uh, robot heart. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yep. The tapestry. Yep. Um, least favorite character moment um, has to be when for me it's when uh, um, Data and Tasha Yar uh, have that awkward love scene. Um, um, yeah, that's a pretty low hanging fruit, right? <laughs> that's so bad. But I, I mean, guess it's... there's a lot of them. Um, yeah. I'm going to go with just all of Haven for both, um, Troy and Riker. <laughs> right? Yeah. Riker X, 
like an idiot in that episode. <laughs> and and Troy's not much better. She's like, well, I guess I have to do this. Stop it, mother. And everyone else is just like, yeah, I don't want this to happen either. Like, does yeah. anybody know what we're going to do it? Yep. Like, yeah, that all around. Yep. That's pretty rough. So, um, what do you think developed the most over the season? Um, and then the least. Another good question. Um, I think what developed over the season was, um, for me, watching the cast and the camaraderie grow. Um, I have to imagine that when Encounter at Farpoint was shot, the subtext of what we were watching was largely these people who were actors professionally getting to know their characters, getting to know each other, but also just having to deal with all the weirdness that was, you know, Star Trek The Next Generation in the first two seasons. Like, how do I portray someone who literally doesn't have conflict with other people? Like, why is there a giant jellyfish in space? Why, you know, <laughs> why am I literally, like, debating the merits of humanity with someone who appears to be God but isn't God? You know, like, so, I mean... I think over the course of the first season, even though the episodes themselves are very Monster of the Week and Planet of the Week, um, I think people get comfortable in their own skin and inhabiting the skin of, of, of these characters. And I think you start to see the cast get more familiar with each other. And that's, I think that really develops over season one by the end of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For me. Yeah, I think I... Sure, you just have to agree with that one. I'm not sure I have much more to add. Okay, okay. So then, what develops the least um, across Ugh. the first season? I've got a real low hanging fruit on this one. <laughs> Boy, I feel like maybe there's so many that I'm just like I'm not seeing the the <laughs> it's a forest for the trees sort of thing. The uh, I would say the bones of the show, right? Like the the actual format of what a Star Trek: The Next Generation episode is doesn't really progress much from encounter at Farpoint through the neutral zone, right? Like they, they can't quite get the formula right. And you watch yeah, them mess yeah. with it a lot, right? Like they're like, well, what happens if we have one plot? What happens if yeah. we have 17 four, four plots? plots yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean like they're just, they're, they're tinkering with it, but they never, and, and you see some episodes where they kind of sort of get it right, but they never get comfortable enough with it to stick with it. And so they just, you know, you, it, it feels almost schizophrenic. Um, so that by the time you get to the end of season one, if you were to describe like what the format is for a Star Trek, the next generation episode, on the one hand, it sounds like it would be a good thing for you to say, like, I couldn't because it, you know, well, it must not be very formulaic. Well, it still kind of is somehow because like yeah. Yeah. every week they find some weird bad that's either a planet or a creature or an alien or, you know, something. And Do you then... know what's, uh, yeah, maybe it's not the least development. But on that, I think one of the things they've kind of gotten wrong here, um, and yeah, maybe what they have developed the least is this just this concept of uh, other alien races, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They they just keep hitting the same well. It's either someone who's really um, beneath them, or it's um, someone who is godlike, right? They only occasionally run into to contemporary societies and when they do they don't really have much interesting to do with them mm-hmm. yeah that's a good point right yeah. they run into the romulans at the end and they just kind of sit around and talk for a bit and then leave <laughs> but other than that it's like well tardude's super powerful uh the traveler's super powerful q is super powerful um then they run into like the ferengi and they're not and um the people from symbiosis and they're not and um some, an episode like uh, Justice is an example of both in the same episode where you have a, a godlike thing up in the sky and then these people who have nothing uh, on the planet, right? So, yeah, you could just kind of sort everything that way and, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're not getting into that, that sweet spot in the middle where you run into more interesting questions. Yeah. Yep, I would agree. Yeah. So... Also, then, um, which episode had the most clever Star Trek-like plot? Yeah, that, that I've been looking at these episodes trying to think. Um, and so much is colored by later seasons, I think, in the, in the wrong sort of way. 
Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and say that um, I I think the most I wouldn't say clever, but I think the most Star Trek like plot um, probably goes to either where no one has gone before, um, or you know, even an episode like. Um, it's definitely not clever, but it's very Star Trek, like home soil, you know? Not my favorite, but... Yeah, um, yeah. But I, was, I was thinking you might... but And where my mind was kind of going at first, too, is something like Data Lore, but I think that's covered, uh, colored way too much by what I'm thinking about that plays out later. Yeah. Right? And I'm I, thinking it's... But I, I do agree that, it, that it's probably where no one has gone before. Well, and it's funny that you mentioned data lore, though, because that was actually going to be the one that I threw out there. I have a hard time seeing it as, like, overly clever, but I think what they did there was incredibly smart, where they they realized what, an, what a talent that they had in Brent Spiner. And, um, you know, it was a pretty big reveal at the time that, hey, there's a whole nother android, and well, he's evil. And, and that's a powerful reveal, right? So, um, do, do, have you watched Doctor Who? Uh, yes, I'm not caught up, but I've watched uh, everything but the latest Doctor. Basically. Okay, so one of the one of the great um, kind of suspenseful things of um, when it first came back for a while was that the Doctor was the last uh, of his kind, mm-hmm. right? And there, there was a big reveal uh, at the end of I forget one of the this, towards the end of one of the seasons of this this statement: "You are not alone," right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which was huge in that 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 universe of the fact that there might be another one of of these uh, of his kind um, remaining. And it's the same for Data, right? You have this android that is a a creature onto itself, uh, singularly unique in this universe, and having the presence of one more is, is so much more interesting than adding, um, you know, another species or you know another human cast member or whatever you're going to work in there um, because now this this creature that was alone is not yeah and that's that's big so I think we've just figured out that not only is the answer data lore to this but this is probably also my favorite episode of season one like I want to change too. my vote <laughs> see I don't know that it's super Star Trek-y I think it gets it super right but I'm not sure if it's a prototypical Star Trek mm-hmm. episode that's true which is why I hesitated on it yeah I do love that episode though yep yeah so finally, who were your favorite guest stars or minor characters during season one, and who were your least favorite? Um, My least favorite guest star was um, well, this is going to be awkward. You Burns, it was you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I had that coming. <laughs> oh, they not, met on the show. This Did is they where on the show. This is where I'm not going to be back. You know, <laughs> this is where we announced that in season two we're going a different direction. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be Matthew McConaughey in season two. <laughs> I love True Detective. Can I talk to him? <laughs> no, you're off the show. Dang it. <laughs> minor characters. That's a good one. Um, yeah. I mean, my favorite, now we've talked a bunch. My favorite uh, minor top, character. My favorite, I'm seeing Bear People. Bear People. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite uh, minor character is in an episode we actually said to skip, but it's the guy who plays the salesman in the Arsenal of Freedom. Oh, yeah. He is good. <laughs> he's just, he nails that. He really does nail that. The one good thing about such a terrible episode. And yeah. he's great. Like, I wish he had been, I wish they could pull that part out of the episode, put it in a better episode, because I'd watch it all day. He was fantastic. Um, Q, does Q count as a minor character? Yeah, at this point. He's probably. a guest star. Yeah, he, yeah. he definitely. Yeah. Um. I might also say the Klingons in Heart of Glory. Yeah, they were good. They were um, so good. Really good. <laughs> they were fun. Uh, least favorite. Least? Yeah. Okay, could you guess mine? Do you got it? Is it Waylon? It is Waylon. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Take Slime that, Waylon. <laughs> yeah. Or unfortunately, um, maybe Luxana Troy, even though yeah. I, I keep saying at the end of her arc, um, which doesn't happen on Deep Space Nine, I really, really like her character. I actually. She's very, very flawed here. Yeah, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, as as much as I hate Waxana Troy, uh, I think Wyatt is worse. Yeah, Wyatt fair. or Dream Woman. No, Dream <laughs> oh, Woman. Dream Woman. Fair. Oh, my God, Dream Woman. I forgot about that. Um, in case you're wondering what I'm babbling on about uh, in the episode Haven, <laughs> uh, Wyatt's lady that he just draws pictures of because that's yeah. normal, right? 
Um, My name is Wyatt, and I like to do drawings. <laughs> exactly. His his dream woman winds up being real, and she's there, and she's straight out of a Starship video. Like, I'm pretty sure she's in the background if you watch the awful video from We Built This City. Um, but she, And, like, she's literally just there to, like, have a bunch of hair and be, like, whatever the 80s vision is of a, like, you know, spaced out sex pot lady. And they don't even give her any lines, and it's just, oh my gosh, oh, Dream Woman, oh, oh, that's such a bad episode, and probably my least favorite guest star. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if there is anything, I mean, man, that was a comprehensive set of, of questions. So uh, This just in, I, I just got one more question on Facebook, which was in response to our post on this preview from uh, from a Zach V, uh-huh. let's call that, uh-huh. uh, and he says... Why is that weirdo? <laughs> Sorry, I'm not going to be able to ask this. Why is that weirdo touching a young Nathan Fillion? <laughs> <laughs> so the the preview uh, <laughs> image was from. Um, it's the point where Riker gets shocked by Electro guy. Electro that's dude. right. Yeah, because that's from Symbiosis. Yeah, yep. it is. Yep. So <laughs> uh, one of the best freeze frame moments of this season certainly <laughs> it's uh Tijan, shocked yeah yep. Tijan shocking uh Riker yep um I didn't realize until that very observation that uh that, that Zach points out um Jonathan Frakes without a beard does kind of look like a young Nathan Fillion like kind of I do kind of see it yeah it's uh <laughs> well especially with his face being contorted the way it is it's like oh so that right. is uh that's our recap of season one um well, we can't end without an update on Name That Alien Species. <laughs> you ready for this? We can't. You, you I, I guess I am. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> right. So you remember this from last time. Uh-huh. Remember this from the first half of the season. We uh, we keep keep going at it until one of us can't come up with a uh, new alien species. So oh, um, God, that's right. Oh my God. Oh. Do, do you do you want to go first? You you gonna have me go first? <sighs> I, I, I'll let you go first. All right, um, then I'm going to steal the Romulans. Uh, binars. Um, the things in conspiracy that are the the, the crab people, basically crab people from conspiracy. <laughs> I'll allow it. <laughs> uh, the Breckians. Uh, those would be who? <laughs> They're the people from um, from Symbiosis. They're one of the two. People, their name. Oh, and you're not going to tell me which one they are, so I can't just say the other one is the. Uh, I know them as the Hillbilly Planet and the Logan's Run Planet. So <laughs> I'll steal, um, Tardude. Tardude. Okay. Uh, I don't remember what they're actually called, but the Breckians were the, the Hillbilly people. So now <sighs> I'll say the say uh, Logan's Run. Yep, the Logan's Run people. Yep. Um. Oh boy! Um, gonna eh? go out on a limb that the Romulan we saw in Coming of Age was—I'm sorry, not Romulan Vulcan we saw in Coming of Age was the first Vulcan we saw. Oh, Pretty sure that is right. Oh yeah, I think you're right. Oh oh oh. Um, um, but I just—I just—oh, I just tip my hand. For fish, fish face, methane breather yeah. guy. Yeah. Um, yep. 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 You got yep, it. Yep. Um. Okay. Um. The life they found in the the rocks in home soil. The guy with the weird webbed hand who feeds off of insults. Right? Oh man, that's what that I thought you were saying in the last one. Yeah, it's the same one. Yeah. Oh, uh, Mar. Oh, what is his name? Mar something. Marlock. Yeah. Mar- Morlock. Morlock. He's a Morlock. That's something it. like that. Yeah. Yep. The the um. The the guy the guy we just talked about that's selling the, the weapons on Arsenal of Freedom that was a different mm, he's a hologram I don't know if I can allow oh it. His, his the mm. not a real guy they're all that dead is... well I think we allowed it for that like gatekeeper guy and all uh... right yeah we'll allow it then that's fine <laughs> he's a remnant of a alien race <laughs> um the uh, the dumb jerks who were waging war on whatever stupid planet that was in. Uh, <laughs> Coming of age, uh, uh, in uh, um, no, not coming of age. Um, 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 
too short a season. The the Karnas um, and his oh, tribe of people. Are, they're not human, are they? They're not human. No, because they talked about the Prime Directive. Yep. Ooh, good poll. Um, <laughs> well, the people in the, when the brow breaks were not human either, because they had to steal kids to corrupt their <laughs> genetics and stuff, right? Yep. Which maybe meant they were humanoid, but <laughs> I definitely don't think they were Federation humans. Uh oh! I can't believe we've uh, have we said the binars yet? You did. Okay. And uh, in fact, you said that uh, once when we did this the first time in the first half of the I season. Did. Yeah. So the third time you said the binars. Really scraping the bottom of the barrel here. Um. All right. Let me see if I can find. <sighs> Put a timer on this one. I think we're pretty close to. I think I'm out. I don't think I have another one. Do you have another one? I do not. If you had pulled anything out, I w- would have <laughs> oh, man. not had another one. So, <laughs> oh, that one went right down to the wire. That was, that was pretty good. <laughs> nice. Oh, if we missed any, <laughs> let us know. Exactly. The Parisians from Will Always Have Paris, but the, yeah, exactly. Monsieur Bourquin. <laughs> oh, I should also point out. I, I, I think we got the fencing. Dean and I talked about fencing in an episode. We were both used to the foil fencing. There are some types of fencing where you you do some slicing motions. So. It could have been doing some some other fencing, but I think the standard form of fencing you think about is f- standard foil fencing. So, <laughs> and, and they were definitely doing foil fencing. They were trying to get those sorts of touches. They were slashing to do it though, which would not be the way you would get touches with the tip. I think if we're back on fencing, that means we're out of time. For we are. That is, that is it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been a fun season. One season two is uh, right around the corner. We'll be posting some fresh episodes very soon. So be watching our uh, social media posts and our website. Of course, our website is hi-fi sci-fi podcast.com. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. There are links on our website to both of those, as a matter of fact. And if uh, you have a pod catcher of choice or platform of choice that we're not on, let us know. We'll try to be on that. If, if you have a podcast um, that you want us to be on, let us know. We'll come guest. You know, yeah. You know, like we the... do kids parties. Um, yeah. We, uh... And how did we How did we forget that we would have Colmini on our podcast? <laughs> As... If we had O'Brien on, I would oh, man, actually I would be starstruck. Love... Yeah. I would be like, like, remember that? Remember that time you teleported this stuff? Except he really didn't do that in season one. He's coming back in season two. He'll be there. Well, and this I think is I, a reason to keep listening. I would even ask him. I'd just ask him too many Deep Space Nine questions. We just get way too far afield. We just get so yeah. off topic. But uh, but until season two and until next time, I'm Jason and I'm Paul, and uh, we will see you uh, in deck ten forward. Yeah, because they just found it on the old on the old Family Matters set. <laughs> On the newspaper page And love and tradition Of the grand design Some people say It's even harder to find Well then there must be Some magic clue Inside these gentle walls Cause all I see Is a tower of dreams Real love bursting out of every scene It's the bigger love of the family.